Well, hello everyone. Welcome to MIBTOnline.com. This is our monthly streaming football meeting and we welcome everybody for uh, taking some time to join us for some football. We're looking forward to it. We should have a great night of football and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. We got a lot of a lot of things to go over with or go over tonight, I should say. So the first thing is we've got lots of announcements. We're going to get to them here in a minute and we're going to welcome in some guests and we're looking forward to that. And we're streaming live on YouTube. We're streaming live on our free portal so everybody gets a chance to see what we're doing here at MIBTonline.com and get us ready for the football season. So we're looking forward to a, uh, to a great meeting. And it should be a little bit different. So just to kind of run down the agenda. In fact, you know what? I'm just going to go to the PowerPoint so we can run through the agenda. And then I'll bring in, I'll bring in all our guests. So tonight's agenda... Pretty, pretty straightforward. Oh, there's Robert. We'll bring Robert in here in a second. But here's our agenda. So we're going to have some announcements. We're going to have the plays of the week breakdown. We're going to do our all, all 27 play if we have a time for that. And then at about 6 o'clock, we're going to welcome in the OCFOA. And we're doing a combined meeting with them tonight, which something I don't think. No, I think we have done it once. We did it with the uh, Iowa City Officials Association. So we, we have done that once, so, but we're happy to do it with them, and hopefully we welcome the OCFOA members and they get a little bit out of this and exactly what we're breaking down, so we're happy to have them, which will include a video review of a bunch of plays, which I think should, should be fun. So we're glad everybody's here. Officiating the play, that's going to be the topic, so we're looking forward to that. Like I said, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so let me go through what the big announcements, stuff that, that we need to know. So our clinic is Sunday, August 6th at 12 p.m. Central, 10 a.m. Pacific. The thing about this clinic is we just formalized this the other day. Referee NASO are going to be joining us, and they're partnering with us. The first time they've ever partnered with anybody to do a streaming national clinic, specifically focusing on a high school. So you want to be there. If you are a subscriber, you get this. If you, if you are not a subscriber, it's $29, and we're trying to get some credit. I know in Illinois, it'll be a certified clinic. In some other states, we're trying to get uh, some, some credit for continuing education. But either way, you're going to learn a lot about football. We're going to have um, speakers from the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10, uh, other prominent high school officials. In fact, for you California guys, Steve Coover's is scheduled to speak as well. So there you go. So all you guys, a lot of guys know Steve. So that should be a lot of fun. You want to join us. Don't forget the high school football best practices is there on the football page for subscribers. Um, if you are not a subscriber, feel free to go purchase the flash drive or you can purchase a streaming version. It's available on the courses, play, courses page, but uh, you want to do that. You're going to learn. This year we changed the focus a little bit on the new rules for 2023, but we also reviewed 2020 or 2022, so you want to go check that out. MIBT Apparel, don't forget, we have that available. Please go check that out on our apparel page. You want to do that. Honig's Discount, now it's only not only for the apparel, but it's also for any equipment, MIBT10. You can use that discount code, and you will get 10% off. So, And the Pell Report uh, News is supposed to say, new letter, but it was kind of new because it was something that we... We did, we're setting out to try to get everybody an idea of what's going on here 
at MIBT. So before we get to the play of the week breakdown, I want to bring in our esteemed panel. And the first uh, one up is Bill Amanye. Bill, how are you doing? Anyway, but before you talk, Bill, let me uh, unmute you before we do. There that. you go. There we go, Bill. How are you doing, Bill? Well, I'm doing great. I, I mentioned earlier here in the Chicago area, we're under tornado warnings for the next half hour or so. So uh, hopefully I stay attached to this program. Yes. T take take cover if necessary. So hopefully we have Bill with us. We also have live from Myrtle Beach. There he is, Robert Yabara. Robert, I mean, thank you. That You're a trooper for being here. Appreciate it. Everyone's a trooper. Man, we got a lot of members uh, that are tuned in tonight. So we welcome you. We uh, want you to be engaged. We're going to have a fun time talking about some football. Thank you for inviting me, Tim. I uh, appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. And we, of course, we, we got to bring in Mike. Mike Billica. Mike, how you doing? Doing great. It's been a it's been a good summer so far out here. It's not get it only we only got hot like two days um, out here in the northeast uh, corner of the state. Semi pro football going strong, and uh, it's good to be here tonight. Well, Mike, I'm glad to have you. And now bringing our special guest, the Orange County folks know him. He's the instructional chair for the Orange County Football Official Association. He was on one of our clinics. In fact, our first streaming clinic, I think Mark was with us. Mark, how are you doing? Thanks for being here today. I'm doing great. Let me pull my microphone down. <laughs> oh, microphone Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. I hope there's a lot of OCFA guys joining us. Uh, I think we're going to get a lot out of this. So yep, I hope so. Thanks so, for doing this, Tim. No, no problem. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So appreciate everybody being here. We're going to go to the play of the week. Let me uh, get that up here real quick and stay with us. We're going to try something new. I'm going to say I got, I got some live polling that I might be able to to do. We're going to mess around with that here in a minute. Uh, so let me get to the play of the week. All right, here it is. So we're going to go wide. We're going to go wide on the play of the week. This was one that we showed this week. So I want to get everybody's opinion on it. Like I said, hopefully I'll be able to uh, have some live polling here. So I'm going to play it real quick. It's uh, You can see it's first and, and 10 from the 49. Swing pass to the left. It's foiled, but here we go. Boom. So let's look at this play again. Here we go. This is the contact, and here he is. So the question that that I had on this one specifically was if if you have a play like this, is this just a football play or is this a UNR? Does it rise to that level of UNR? Now, the text number is up on the our banner. It's always there and Robert's looking at the text. So you can tell us by text, but I'm going to try something right now and see if this works because we, we tried this here, or I was looking at this to see if we some do some live polling. So let me get that poll up and see if it's gonna if it's gonna work here. Give me one moment and get to that. All right. Okay. All right. I'm gonna bring up the poll. 
and let me see if I can move this. All right, here it is. Now you're gonna have to, there's a, there's a QR code there. So you can take a picture of the QR code and then answer the poll. Is this a UNR or not? A simple yes or no. And you should be able to do it. If you don't have a phone, meaning, or I mean, you, you, you're watching this on a phone or a mobile device, you can participate at S-L-I-D-O. You can see at the bottom, scroll down, S-L-I-D-O.com. And the, the participation code is 39-54-752. It's there at the bottom of the screen, or if you scroll down. So we can, so we can do some live polling and see exactly. So while this is, is running, I'm gonna give everybody a chance to kind of do that. So while this is running, I'm just gonna ask the panel, and obviously the panel can, can participate in the poll if they want, but I'm gonna start with Bill on this one. Bill, you see a play like this? Is this UNR or is this football? 10 years ago, five years ago, nobody bat an eye at that play. Today with uh, them wanting us to uh, eliminate body type slams, on players, obviously, it's uh, no question it's suspect. If you feel he picked him up and he had, he could have tackled him in another way. Um, you got a flag. Um, I'm a little old school on it, so I'm saying no. You're saying no on this one. Okay, all right, that's fair. And I'm gonna bring, I'll bring up the. Well, remember first before I do that, I'm gonna bring in Mike, get Mike's opinion. Mike, I'm gonna have you talk. I'm gonna bring the poll back up, but. What are your what's your thoughts on this? I think you're muted, Mike. I uh, it's definitely suspect, but I'm looking for more of a lift and and then throw down than this is. I think this is more of a stop progress, and then the defender kind of brings him down with him. I don't I don't have this as enough of a body slam. Okay, so, so no 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 foul. You're going no foul. All right, so I'm gonna bring in Mark. Mark. On this play, what do you think? Um, I've got UNR all the way. UNR. You're going UNR. Yep. Okay. So Mark's going UNR. Let's... I'm a safety guy. <laughs> safety. Yeah. No, that's great. That's the safety fall. I don't have a problem with that. All right, Robert, you got some text. And after you're done, I'm going to give the results. Okay. So, yes, I, I got I, the majority has no foul. Uh, there are a couple that are asking you to replay it again if you're willing to do that. That'll be wonderful for some of our members. we got a lot of members tonight here, Tim, and it's great that we're getting all this participation. All right, perfect. I'll play it again. Great. It Let's is. do that. And the poll is still running. I haven't stopped the poll. So you can, you still have a chance. So You can only vote once. Yeah. Well, I can see Robert. <laughs> One more time. All right. That's wonderful. Here we go. Last time. Boom. All right. So, so in our panel here, though, which is great, we had, so far, we've got Mike's okay, Bill's okay, uh, Mark says UNR, so Robert, it's up to you now. <laughs> what do you got? Are you kidding? talking about me personally or yeah, not personally. to the... But Okay, for me personally, and also, Sarah, our game is evolving, is it not? Our game is evolving. Many years, even though I have over 30 years' experience, I would say many years and past, no foul talk to at most. 
But now as it, it's evolved, I have to define defenseless player. I do have a player wrapping up the ball carrier. Now, by definition, is that player now defined as defense, defenseless, Tim? And then do we have an extra unnecessary or excessive uh, tackle beyond that? So could there be a flag? Yes. Is Robbie Bart throwing on it? No. But do I understand it? I do. I just don't have it in my DNA yet, Tim. That's my answer. I don't have it in my DNA, but I can certainly see why someone would throw on it. All right, that's a good point. So because of the new rule this year, are we going to call this a defenseless receiver? And the contact is now restricted against a defenseless receiver. So if you, in my opinion, I think he has enough time to be a runner on this play. Yeah, in, in, he definitely has that, enough time to be a runner. Yeah. I get that, but but isn't he considered defenseless once he's wrapped up like See, that? that's a really good point, too. Because yeah. is by rule, second, he is, Tim. I'm sorry, go ahead, Mark. Yeah. I, I said by rule, if you look at the examples of a defenseless player, that's one yeah. of them. Correct. That's one of them. So yeah. the second part of that is we'll go to the contact right now. You got the contact. He's wrapped up. He's in a defenseless posture. So the second contact, is that enough to warrant the UNR because you've got the contact against a well, defenseless runner at this particular point because he's not under control himself? So those, that's, that's, a really how, point. that's how I would define it to the coach. And that's how I would justify it to evolve to our game. Because that defenseless player definition is now in our pocket. And we can leverage that vocabulary to justify the foul being excessive. And let's clean that out of our game. So, yes, I can, I can see how, you know, this conversation right now is very beneficial to veterans as well as newer officials. Right. Well, Let's go to the results of the polling, which this is great. This actually worked pretty well. Um, it looks like we've got 59%, 46 people participated. 59% said no foul, 41% said foul. And what that does is it means we're, we're not 100%, like we're not one way or the other. We're kind of in the middle, maybe obviously leaning more towards no foul, but I agree with what Robert and what Mark said. You are supported by rule. If you believe, and, and the other thing is, and I'm gonna bring Bill back in on this one. We talk about temperature of the game. You know, yeah, maybe old school football, we're, we're like, okay, we're gonna let this one go, blah, 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 it's just football. But in the end, the temperature of the game, if this has been going on, it's getting chippy, you're, you're supported by rule, you're supported by the play itself, potentially. So, Bill, sometimes the temperature of the game might affect a call like this, even if you were on the, if you were on the fence, if you were on that 57% that said no, the temperature of the game can affect that, correct? Oh, I don't disagree with that. The thing that I, I'd ask people to still consider on this is that, you know, this guy comes in, he makes it, he, he's making a great tackle uh, form. He's got the arms on the wrap. He's got his head to the side. If that runner had break broken off of those arms, you'd let him go. He his forward progress hasn't been stopped. Uh, he's got the potential still to run, and I don't see that as a second act that he had him fully stopped and then picked him up off the ground and slammed him. If he breaks away from that, he he can run for a touchdown. Okay, I mean that's fair. That's a fair assessment based off of if you believe that he was he had that shot, if he had that opportunity. But you can see both 
both sides, though, right? I mean, you, you even well, alluded to it. I, I understand the argument for calling a foul. I mean, we're going to play touch football pretty soon, you know. <laughs> so, you know, let's. Well, well, I mean, it is what it is. So my personal opinion on this one is that if the temperature of the game warrants it, then absolutely. I would. It's one of those where I would want to be there. I'd, I'd want to see a little bit more. I, I can go with it, but maybe I am passing on it because maybe it's just a football play. But in the end, if I feel that the temperature of the game is going one way and that we're right, we're, we're, we're right at that line, I'm going to throw it in a game management situation for sure. Not saying that you wouldn't throw it anyways. So this is a good one. This is a good one for discussion, and it is on our YouTube page. So if you are out there, you can go back and watch this one and watch it over and over, bring it to your crew, see if this happened in your game, what you would do with it. So, all right, let me go to our next play here real quick. And that was our live polling. I'm, I might try to do that again, but it takes a little bit of a setup, and I wanted to make sure it worked first. And so this is something we're going to utilize more and more uh, throughout our meetings, and we get instant feedback and like i said we had 50 people vote on this and now the votes people are still voting so <laughs> maybe they're changing their mind but uh this is something we're going to try to utilize moving through the season all right this is a the other play of the week that we had and let me get it up here real quick all right hang on it doesn't like it All right, I'm going to go wide on this one. And this was from a, a couple weeks ago. So on this play, let's just see, let's just walk through the, the initial por uh, portion of the play. So you, you've got second and two. So we know we got second and two, and we see it's a tight formation. This is a running team. They've been running, running, running like the whole game. That's all they do pretty much. But then they'll throw the pass out just to kind of throw you off. So we got tight formations. We're going to talk a lot more about keys and stuff like that later. So I just want to get to the play itself. The first action is you, it, now they are passing. Of course, the team that's been running in a running formation, now they're passing. you got number 10 coming out here to the top. And then you've got number 3 rolling to the side. Now you see number 10, he's tackled. So I'm going to show that again. He's at the top of the screen. He's going to come out, and he's tackled right at the line of scrimmage. So here's here number 10, I'm sorry. You see him right here. He's, he's coming out there, and so now he's going to be tackled. So here's your first question. Is, is that a runner or a pretend runner and the defender just making a play on a runner or a pretend runner or is that a receiver that was potentially held? That's the judgment, at least on the first part of this play. And so since I got Bill up, I'll bring, I'll bring Bill in. On a play like this, Bill, team runs, runs, runs. They've been running all game. And now they throw a play action like this. How much leeway are you going to give that? Is this a fake runner or is this a receiver? I think by the way this contact was, that defender knew all along he didn't have the football because uh, he was still looking back at the quarterback. Uh, so I, I've got defensive holding, you know, 
All right, so you would go and if, you, the, and if the other play was was a foul, then this is an ejection. <laughs> well, appreciate the commentary, Bill. That's you, you always got you always got one one ready to go. All right, Mike. Mike, your line of scrimmage official. I mean, well, this is where we're going to see this, and and maybe the back just could pick up on depending on what's going on. But um, is he a runner or is he a receiver? What do you think? Well, we have a lot of teams out here to run that triple action kind of uh, offense, and there's misdirection, cross bucks, and everything. But this is too delayed after the potential handoff. Um, that that guy that's no longer a potential runner. I have holding on the defense. All right, you got holding, Mark. You're up. Play like this. You work the. You're a flank. What you got this as a uh, as a runner or a potential receiver? No, I agree with what everybody else has said. It, He's obviously not a receiver, uh, a runner at that point. Um, this guy's just playing it, you know, like, oh, I didn't know. And so, no, he's. I got holding all the way. All right, we got holding by Mark and Robert. Um, I don't have the pull on this one, so we're just going to have to go with the text. But what are you hearing out there, and what do you got? The, major the majority of the viewers do have a foul for holding. Uh, the majority of viewers view that this has to be – it has to come from a wing – and uh, I agree. I agree with the viewers on this one. Yeah, it, it, it's certainly foul. But as far as the back judge picking it up, I know you mentioned that a little bit earlier, Tim. Um, yeah, that 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 may not be picked up by the back judge. I'm just saying it may not be picked up. Well, no, yeah. So the wing, the wing, to come and get it. I said they may get it. They may get a piece. So we're going to go back to it because that's a good point. Because something happens at the end of the play that is interesting. So a lot of the, like I said, a lot of you saw this on our play of the week, but we never, we, we didn't really break it down on our, we just give little snippets of what we think and what the audience out there thinks. So yeah, if you look at this, who's key, who's, you know, we're going to zone, key zone ball, you're coming off at the snap, who is it? Yeah, I mean, this has got to be the flank, the wing at the top of the screen. They got to get this. This is in their wheelhouse. They got nothing else going on. This is going to be right in front of them. The only reason why I said the back judge might help is that there's really not a lot going on. They may get a peek of it only because there's nothing else going on. Really, it falls on the wing. I don't disagree with you at all, or the flank, Robert. Don't disagree. But I'm just saying, you know, you got a, you got a Robert Yabar back judge? You might, you might pick this up. So um, as we let this play out, the ball is caught downfield. And then the other part of this was a horse, potential horse collar, horse collar tackle that was actually called a horse collar tackle. And it was interesting because a lot of the feedback that we got on YouTube on this play of the week was like 50-50. And the only point I made on it was it's a safety foul. And if you get that, you know, if it meets the definition, and it's kind of hard to tell in this angle, so we're not – 100%, but if it meets the definition where you've got, you know, the top of the nameplate or the collar and you, you see that knee buckle and he's going back, I mean, once again, you got an official right here who's in really good position. And on this play, I'm going to go with that official because it is a safety foul. And if, and if it's even close and as long as 24, I mean, you can see he's in the collar area, the nameplate area. And he's pulling back, and the knee buckles, and he does pull him over, even though he ends up landing forward. So 
I have no problem with this being called by the official. If the official had a better angle and had better knowledge, we had a better angle, maybe we could talk ourselves out of it. But I'm not, I'm not apt to talk myself out of this one. I think I'm, I'm okay with that. And um, if anybody, if any of the panel has anybody, anything to say, well, you know, I'll just run around real quick. And you know, I'll actually start with Mark on this one. Let me pull Mark up here. Mark, I mean, safety fouls, they're, they're a big deal. And you talked about that on the previous play. And on a horse collar tackle like this, where, you know, semantics sometimes can get in the way when you've got a nameplate and you've got the pull and the jerk, you're, you're pretty good with that, right? I am, but some of my guys that I really respect aren't. So I, I'm kind of wondering what I'm missing. Um, so I, I I would have I would have thrown the flag and let somebody try to talk me out of it. To be honest with you. That's a good. Oh, but, and like you I know, said, I'm from the angle we got the official. I'm going with the official on this one because he's in a good position. And you, and is it like, eh, did he get it? Did he pull forward? I mean, I see enough. And when you see the jerk. And then the um, the knee. That's that's kind of the big one. Mike, what do you got? I'm going with the official on this one too. He's got a great angle on it, and you know, there's always the consideration of where's the primary force. Um, he has an arm around his waist. He has an arm on the up on the uh, shirt collar, and and obviously the official that was right in good position judged that the uh, collar pull was the primary contact, the primary force. So. I'm going with that. All right. And Bill, do you got anything different? No, I'm, I'm with the guys all, all on that. The, all right. the angle is official. We don't have. Uh, I'll support his call. All right. Robert, what's the, what's the group saying? Yeah, the group saying is exactly echoing what everyone just said. Um, I will like to add another value element to it, if you don't mind, Tim. Based on some viewers wanted to know on penalty enforcement. So do you want to walk through the penalty enforcement options here? Assuming we do have defensive holding in the beginning of the play, and then in addition to that, the horse collar at the end. Yep, absolutely. So let me go back to the play. And it's always good to start out or see where we're starting out. So we've got second, second down. I don't know if you can see it. It's kind of blurry up there. But it's second down and two. And the line of scrimmage is the 42, the, the team B or the defense 42. So first foul, so what type of play is this? You have to ask yourself what type of play. Well, it ends up being a loose ball play. So this is a loose ball play. So, and we've got a foul by the defense, first foul, okay? And then we've got a second foul by the defense. But this, this part of, of the foul, when does this happen? Because right now. You're in the run. Exactly. We've got, thanks, Mark, we've got a catch now. So now we've got a running play. So we've got two fouls, one during the loose ball play and one during a running play, both against the defense. So the basic spot of the loose ball, the basic spot of the loose ball play is the previous spot. So if you were going to go with the defensive hold, we'd have to go back to the previous spot. But why? Why would they even do that? I don't even think I'd give them an option because they're going to get this one and force half the distance at the end because it is a running play and a defensive foul against the against the offensive team. The only caveat to that is if you call it a dead ball. Let's not go. Let's not go there. Let's not call it a dead ball foul. This is a live ball foul. 
But if you did have this as a dead ball foul, you'd still probably are going to be more advantageous to go to the succeeding spot because if you go, it's only a 10-yard penalty at the previous spot. So that's a really good question, Robert. Do you think we uh, think we covered it for everybody? We covered almost all the – and did that play end in bounds, Tim? Remind oh, me. It looks like it does. Okay, so since there it ended go. in bounds, right, let's, let's make sure we, we talk about the clock status coming out of this. Absolutely. So we have an inbounds, plays ends inbounds, and we have a defensive foul. Okay? Yes. So we know the game clock is going – now let's just say we're not under two minutes. Okay, let's just say we're not under okay. two minutes. So we know the game clock is going to start on the ready for play because the ball is inbounds. We have first down. It's going to start. But what about the play clock, Robert? Robert, you're back, Judge. What are we doing with the play clock on this one? Yeah, uh, coming out of this on a play clock, we're going to have a 25-second play clock on this, Tim. Okay. Oh, so on the defense, on the defense. Yeah, we got to follow on the defense, Tim. Follow the defense. <laughs> Right? That's right. Follow the defense. Follow yes. The defense. That's why we're talking about this in July. I love it. Yes. Follow the defense. So we're going to come on this with a 40. 4-0 because it's a foul on the defense. Yes. That's Yep. So that's that they changed that that's a couple two. years ago. So Yeah, 2 years ago. 2 years ago. So that's good to know. And now, I will throw it if we are under 2 minutes. Yes, if we're under 2 minutes. Under two we, minutes we have the option. Now we have the option Tim right there. We can choose to have the the clock, game clock, start on the snap. Right, because the offensive team was a team that was offended against, so they have the choice. Now, we showed a play. In fact, this is in our, in our new rules review, is that don't screw this one up. It's other codes, 10-second runoffs, all that garbage. Put that aside. Put, put that aside what you see on TV on Saturdays and Sundays. In high school... The option exists to keep the clock stopped if it was going to run. It doesn't reverse. You don't get to say, well, the guy went out of bounds. We're stopping the clock, but I want it to run because I got the penalty. No, it's only the one way. If the clock was going to run, the offended team can say stop under two minutes. They can't start it. I think some because, Robert, people do confuse that. Uh, some from time to time, I think. I mean, I've heard of that, haven't you? I lost you there, Robert. There we go. Now I'm back. Okay. Yes, Tim, and, and to that point, even uh, veterans and clinicians screw this up. So we should remind each other, this is a five-person or seven-person crew responsibility of knowing that teams who were offended under two minutes have the option of having the game clock begin on the snap. But it's very important that you understand the language because you can't choose for it to, to uh, start on the ready. You know, it's not like you can flip it, but you certainly, if it was all going to run automatically coming out of that uh, penalty enforcement, we can have it start on the snap, but that's the option by the offended team. Yes. Correct. So Mark, I'm going to bring you in because we're getting to our OCFOA time. Have you, have you ever noticed I mean, this is a rule they put in a couple of years ago, and they clarified it in 2022 because I think people were having some issues with it, and they wanted to editorialize it to make it a little bit more clear, I think. Um, from, have you noticed, and you're being the instructional chair, that people have, they sometimes, or even coaches, they want to go the other way when they can only do this once based off of what they see on TV and stuff like that? 
What, I'm, I'm sorry, Tim, you lost me. What, do what once? No, like, so for example, on this play, like we said, it was under two minutes. The offended team can say, the offense can oh. say, keep the clock stop. But you reverse yeah. it. Let's say the offended team was the defense, and they're like, no, no. And the, and the play ended out of bounds. And it was like, oh, no, we want to start the clock. And, you know, like, sometimes I think we get that confused. I've seen that. Officials, have you, have you seen that with any of your guys, or are they pretty clear on that? We are – most of us are wearing O2Os. And uh, we encourage everybody on the crew to remind the rest of them that we're, we're at two minutes. So that, that's kind of like the tap on the shoulder. Hey, you know, we've got something different here. And it hasn't been that hard. Um, a lot of times it's obvious, right? Yeah. So, uh, but no, I, we haven't had any major problems with it. Okay. Well, that's good. So what we're going to do now is we're going to get to the, the plays – um, specifically that we pulled for the OCFOA, but it's for everybody. And there's a lot of good information here. So on our first play, we're going to go wide. And I'm going to walk through every component of what's going on. And basically what the theme of this presentation is going to be, it's, it's basically how to officiate a game. We have mechanics and we have keys we have keys, priorities, we have zones, but in the end, we have to officiate the play. And I think sometimes as officials, we, and I heard uh, Scott Novak, NFL referee at a clinic that I was at last month, he talked about this a little bit. He said for his first years, a couple years in whatever, Big 12, I think, he was a side judge and he just was an official. He was out there and if his guy didn't do anything, it was a great play. But it's more about that. It's more about officiating. And we're not talking about fishing, fishing in other people's ponds or going out of your areas of coverage just to officiate. But it is about taking the five officials that we have in high school, for the most part, and utilizing all five officials to the best abilities possible by mechanics and philosophies and officiating what we need to officiate instead of just going by a mechanic or a key or this or that when we should have moved, we should have adjusted, we should, we should have been able to understand what was going to happen on the player. Our football IQ should be higher to actually officiate the play. So that's kind of, that's kind of the theme of what we're going to be talking about. So let's go to our first play with that in mind. All right, so you can see we've got down in distance, it's about first, it's first and 10, and the ball is at the 42. Looking at the formation, we've got what appears to be a back here, and I'm, we're not gonna split hairs on this. We're gonna say, I'm sure they're putting that receiver on the line. So you know that's your end. And you've got a quarterback and two backs. So the first thing we're thinking is who's looking at what initially at the snap. Well, we also have to look at the defense. What, what is the defense doing? How are they defending this? Well, you know, the OCFOA, whether it be the Illinois High School Association, whatever, everybody has their own little ticks on mechanics, on where the back judge is going to go, who they're going to key, who they're going to do what. But in the end, if you look at this play, right at the snap, at least initially, there does not appear to, appear to be any significant 
competitive matchups except for this one right here for a receiver. There's your tight end, and he's got an end who's, who's lined up right over the top of him. So if you're the back judge back here, you're probably going to be coming here because what else is there for you to do? In this point, you're not going to be watching officiating air here. You're not going to be officiating air, air there. And this doesn't, I mean, whatever your mechanics, whatever your key or priority is to start the snap or initial responsibility, you want to officiate. Same with the line of scrimmage or the, or the flank. The flank who's down here, the L. He's probably going to be taking a peek at this too, at least initially at the snap, because there's nothing going on right here. You're going to, you got a couple seconds before anything's going to happen with those players. So, and as an umpire, now I know Marcus told me the umpires are now move, are going to be opposite of the referee for you guys the last, I think you did that, you put that in the last year or maybe the year before. Don't, so don't, he don't. should, yeah. <laughs> the OCFOA mechanics, be a little bit yeah. more, you know, a little bit more outside. It's hard to tell from this, from this film exactly because we're looking from the side. But in the end, you've got a referee who should be out here. And our referee also has to recognize where he's getting help and where he's not. So everybody has something to do, even though we haven't even snapped the ball. We have to, we, we're, we're recognizing where our potential competitive matchups are and what could potentially happen on this play. So now we hit play and we read it. You can see we've got, We've got people blocking down, and now, and actually it turns out, it turns out, I, I'm sorry, I, our tight end was up here. So this is where, this is where our tight end is. So I apologize, I, I flipped that up. But that's where our tight end is, so everything's the same, but it's up there. So you now, you see the tight end, he goes out, but he's clean. And the receiver at the top is clean. So now we should be going to zone, because... We've got action at the line of scrimmage, and we've got receivers in the pattern. But at this particular point, we, we don't have any specific competitive matchups. We've got receivers running in space. So if you're the line of scrimmage official, if you're the flank down here, you've got a potential receiver right here and a potential block. You don't, we don't know if this is a pass play or run play. It's appearing to be a pass play based off of the blocking. But nowadays you can get fooled because of zone blocking schemes. They could actually run out of this. Or what they'll do is they'll have this guy blocked down and then he'll come out for the pass. So don't give up on this if you're the flank or the line of scrimmage official down at the bottom. I'm passing off, if you're, if you're a line of scrimmage official, you're probably passing off these deep guys to the back judge coming across here because We've got line of scrimmage action, and we're in a zone now. So we're going to roll this out. And you see, 16 did exactly what I said he was going to do. He came in, and now he's coming out. And this is a potential issue. This is a potential issue. And we have a potential issue down here. So we've got five officials on this game. How are we going to cover all of this? Well, it's, it's pretty simple because... In the end, the blocking here has to go to our, our umpire and our referee at this particular point because our flank, line of scrimmage official down here, 
they've got two receivers coming in the zone. And if they're holding this, their peripherals are going to help them with both of this. Now, our back judge probably should also be helping with this because right now, this is just air. We don't need to officiate that at this particular moment. Now, the one thing I want to I wanna say, and I, I'm trying to walk through it frame by frame, and it might be seeming like I'm oversimplifying it, but it's important to say we have to move from one to the other to the other through the play. If you go back to the play, we started at one at the beginning, and now we've progressed. And right now, at this snapshot, this action down here isn't really anything. It's these four. So I want to take my eyes as the five of us that we have, or the two, really, the flank at the bottom and the back judge, and put ourselves in the best, uh, best position and our eyes in the best, most advantageous spot to officiate a play like this. And so by doing that, I can now pick those matchups and not miss something big because I'm looking somewhere else. So playing it out. Now, you can see we've got four. So we actually had a receiver down here as well. So our back judge is, is, is being pressed by this particular matchup. And now our line of scrimmage official, our flank, you can probably see him at the bottom. He's still holding the line, which this is good, and the ball is in the air. So now this becomes nothing. This is all clean up. We want to just make sure there's nothing going on that's cheap. What I like, what, what I think is important, is that our backside flank official right here, what is he doing? He's cleaning up, but one of the other things that he's got a great view of is eligibles, okay? Not necessarily saying eligibles is, is, a, is an issue here. These guys are fine, but we need to know that. We're not going to guess. So from the backside, this official's got a great view of are these players, offensive players, offensive linemen, ineligibles, more than two yards beyond the expanded neutral zone. And how tight you want to be on that, that's up to your own philosophy. But somebody, whether you're tight or loose on it, somebody at least has to know. And I don't think this official down here is going to know when he's got all this action going on right here and our umpire is totally screened by linemen, they're not going to know. And it used to be the umpire's main call on that. I really believe nowadays it's the backside uh, flank, backside short wing, because they're going to just get the better view of it. So that, that's one part of that. Now, you're looking down what now what actually happens. So we've got a catch, and everything's clean. You can see there's not a lot going on in regards to contact. The only potential issue happens right here just beyond the line of scrimmage between number 30 and number 16. That's your only potential issue other than the one that's going downfield that that's totally the back judge. He's got that the whole way. But you can see a little bit of contact but it clears it and if you're the if you're the flank official you see that and it ends up being thrown to another receiver anyways. But you're on it. You, you Boom, boom, I've got it. If you're the back judge, you see back here that this is cleared. So now everything's good. Now we just go to officiate the play, which is a catch and a turn and a run. 
Now, if you're the flank official or the line of scrimmage official, you're going to have to start moving. But the sideline is important here, and so we don't we we want to be careful of how we move because we want our eyes to be in a better position so we can rule. You know, if we have a potential sideline issue or anything like that. Now, I will say this: if you come across the top, look at the back judge. The back judge ends up on this hash. And I'm not 100% sure why, but maybe he was afraid of this action. He wanted to keep an angle. But now that the play develops and it's going towards the near side here, the back judge should probably be closing down on this one because he's got goal line, but staying out there, I don't know if he's doing, doing a lot out there to help us out. And I mean, I just, this is my opinion. I'll ask Robert about this. Robert's back judge. Cause look, he's still, he's still way back there. I don't think he's really helping us. But now we've got this play out of bounds. And we've got our flank wing coming down to market. But here's where why I point the thing out with the back judge. Because, yeah, there's not a lot going on in the side zone and the sideline. But there's, there's, there's players there. You've got two different teams there. And you've got this official who's got to make a spot. So if our back judge, once this play is, comes, or is done, I think he needs to come over and at least have a presence because right now this official is, or I'm sorry, our, our, our flank official is going to be kind of stuck because he's got a spot and this continued on downfield. I would have liked to see the back judge come over. Now he's looking down his watch. I mean, <laughs> it's like we don't really need to do that at this particular point. So that's kind of the first play walking, walking through it. And there's, there's Mark, Mark, I'm going to bring in Robert, Robert, is there any questions first? Anybody, I'm sure I had some comments, but I wanted to get to you before you do that about working the back judge and talk a little bit about, you know, still keeping that angle, but being able to close it down so you can help out on a play like this. Yeah, working, work, working the back judge at the high school level, most high school quarterbacks, not all you do, you do have some exceptions, but most high school quarterbacks are going to roll and look in the direction in which they're going to throw. And in this particular case, the quarterback did both. He not only rolled right, he threw right. So the natural motion of the back judge should flow with those eyes of the quarterback. And so why the back judge is over on the opposite hash is I don't have an answer for it. I would I would definitely not agree with that whatsoever because naturally you're going to motion towards the direction in which the action is moving so that you have a better angle. You want to have a 45. So, Tim, to support everything you've said, the back judge, in my opinion, has spaced himself too far away where he's not able to get engaged and clean up at the very end. But most importantly, just officiate the play while the ball's still live in the field. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's kind of the point we're trying to get across is like, do, are you an official or are you officiating? I mean, you can say, was this official, he was on the goal line. You know, then you look at it what you're supposed to. Yeah, but it's taking it to that next level and being able to progress. Same with the line of scrimmage or, or flank officials, being able to progress from one to the other to the other. That's what makes, you know, a good official, a great official, being able to, to move up those levels and take it and, and recognize where your eyes need to be so you don't miss, you know, a potential big call. Is there any uh, questions or anything, or any comments on this, Robert, or anybody from the text that you can see? 
No, they pretty much agree with what you're saying in the progression. So that's wonderful that they're embracing that progression as, as far as what their areas of responsibilities are, how they need a flow where, where the action is taking them. But there was some positive feedback on the umpire stepping up. Basically only got about three yards away from the line of scrimmage, but it was a good movement towards the line of scrimmage. So we just had some shout outs for uh, the uh, mechanics by the umpire. That was positive feedback. There you go. Gotta, gotta love our umpires. So, all right, let's go to our next sure. play. Pull up our next play. All right, same thing. Now, yeah, this one does only have, some of these plays that you might see may have seven, but we're gonna talk about seven officials, but we're only gonna talk about the, the five. Using five. All right, kind of the same thing. We're looking at it. It's second down. Let me go back. Actually, I need to do it like this so we can draw. Give me one second. All right. So we've got second down and about, looks like about an eight. Line of, line of gain is a 20. You can see it's another tight formation, but we have to ask ourselves, where's everybody looking? So looks like we got a tight end up here. We've got two receivers out here. Now, we're going to assume one of them is on, one of them's off based off of our angle. We don't, we don't have that. I'm going to say that the slot guy is probably off. So that's one, two, three, four. So we're good. So we got a good formation in that regard. But here's the interesting thing, and I hope you can see it. I try to do high definition. It kind of depends on your, your internet connection. Look at these two receivers down at the bottom talking to the flank official or the line of scrimmage official. They're trying to figure out if they're lined up. They're both looking at them. And, they're, and number three is given the, hey, I'm, a, I'm supposed to be a back. And if you look at it, you can kind of see the blade of grass. You can see that there is separation between number three and number five, I think this is. But they're looking for that assistance. And as they're looking for that assistance, what happens? The ball is snapped. In fact, the guy on the end is, doesn't even know the ball is snapped. So the point on that I wanted to bring is that don't, as an official, we're there to help. I mean, we're, we're obviously, we're not coaches, and I'll let Mark, you know, decide how the OCFOA guys, how, you, how your flank officials you want to communicate. I, I, when I work the flank, when I work the, the wing, I like to just, I just tell them where they're at. I don't tell them if they're good. I don't tell them if they're bad. I just say you're on the line or you're back. Some people say, I'm the line, and, and that's fine if that's what you want to do. I personally say, like if I had these two, I'd be like, you're back to the slot guy. You're back, you're on the line, and then I'm done with it because now it's up to them to make the adjustment because I wouldn't want, you know, going back wide on this, I wouldn't want to become distracted by dealing with these guys, and now we have a snap, and it so, so just as that, this is important to note if you are a flank. And I'm going to bring, I'm bring Mark in real quick because I want to ask Mark just for the OCFOA guys and the, and the other California guys. Mark, how do you want your guys to do it? A, the blade of grass. I mean, how tight do you want them to be on that, on those formations? And how do you want them to, how would you like to see them communicate with the, um, with the wide receivers? Well, I'm a flank official. Personally, I like to talk to my receivers and I encourage them to tell me to tell me what what they think they are. You know, for instance, I'll, if they point at me, that generally means I'm I'm on. And if they push back with their hand, I'm off. Not everybody does that. And if that's the, if they are doing that, then I just nod. Yeah, you, you're good. You're good. 
I may, I may even say you're good. Um, we try to make them legal unless they're gaining an advantage. So if we, you know, the blade of grass thing, unless it's ridiculous, uh, you know, we're trying not to call it legal formation unless it's absolutely necessary. No, and, I'm you know, talk them out of it. Um, it's a game, yeah, game I, hate that, I hate that call. <laughs> it's a game so, interrupter. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right, back to the play. Oh, we don't need that. Oh, what the heck? Why is that coming up? All right. All right, back to the play. You can see he, the, the slot guy is saying he's a back, so that's fine. But now let's see what happens in our play. We know where, where everybody should be looking because we, don't, we have a, an end here, so that's going to go to this flank. We got a back judge here who's actually in the beginning of counting his, his play clock. But he's going here, or I don't think he's going to go here, even if, it, if his key was the end of the line of scrimmage to the strong side, there's nothing going on there. Why, I mean, why would you? I would think, I would think if you were this back judge, you'd want to sneak here. And I think if you were this line of scrimmage official, this is probably your, where you're going to start because that's what's going on. And then you're probably going to be able to bump to help here. Now, going back to where everybody should line up, yeah, our umpire, should maybe be over here, OCFOA. If you do other things, you can see our, our referee. Now, our referee also has to recognize that he might not be getting help with this tackle because he's got, there's receivers down here. He's just got to, he should, he might not. So that's just something to be aware of. And then our umpire, same thing. He might not be getting help with this tackle if this receiver runs out and is pressed, continued to be pressed by that defensive end. These are just things to consider if you're an umpire and a referee. Take a peek at the formation. Take a peek at what the defense is doing. Because then you also have to ask yourself, if you're the referee, who is my first threat? Because I don't need to watch a quarterback catch the ball. Who's my first threat? I've got, I've got a defensive end here going up. You know, Maybe he's going to engage Maybe he's not. I need, to, I need to be aware of that. I need to see where my first threat is. Same thing with the umpire. Where's my first threat? And be ready to go there. And I think sometimes we forget that. We don't need to watch people catch balls, per se, especially a quarterback. We can see it out of our peripheral. So here we go. Now, we've got a running play. We've got the quarterback handing it off to the running back coming across. So now we have to ask ourselves, now. It was this defensive end who comes in. That is a matchup. If I'm the referee, you can kind of see him here at the edge of the screen. This is where I'm going. This is mine right there because I got nothing else. That's point of attack block, and it's right in front of me. I better know if this block is legal or not. Now, it's real important. A lot of times I talk about things, and I'm not necessarily saying that something on the plate is illegal. Most of the time, all this is completely legal, but you better know. You better know why it's legal because you don't want to guess and you don't want to have your eyes somewhere else when the illegal thing happens. So when we walk through this, I'm not saying that that should be an illegal block or anything like that or a hold. It's just who's watching it and who's going to keep an eye on it to make sure it's legal. And right now, everything looks legal, but I'm hoping our referee is watching it. So 
Now he goes buy. Now we've got a second level. Now what happens, we get through that first initial block, and plus we've got another block here that we need to clear. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, our line of scrimmage official is looking at that. Maybe our, um, our referee's going to have to pick up two, but I'm hoping that he's looking at that because I'm hoping our back judge has got this. Now, this is difficult as an official to see if you're the flank, if you're the line of scrimmage official, because you've got traffic and you've got this guy still having a conversation with you down here. So that's, it's important, you know, to, to be able to recognize that and move your eyes. Ignore this block initially. Why? Because I hope I have help on this block from a back judge. Because who's looking at this block? That's alignment. I don't think our back judge is going to throw a holding on a lineman from 25 yards deep. It could happen, but th these are just things to, to be aware of. So if I'm that flank official, if I'm that line of scrimmage official, I'm looking at number, that block on defender number 44 first, and I'm going to clear it. Now it's cleared. So now our runner is going to another level. So now we've got a new level of blocking. And we've got a lineman engaged right here. I am hope our umpire is on that. It looks like he is because that came from the that came from that side initially. And we still got this, but now once it's by, if I'm the referee, I better be just make just clearing it, making sure that there's nothing cheap and then moving on because there's other blocks that are potentially more um, point of attack or more crucial because that one's no longer a, a crucial block. So we can see everything looks good. Feet work look feet look good. The feet work. Number 50 is in good position. Number 71, number 67. So we're we're observing now. I don't know if you see this right here. There's a potential hook and turn, a grab there. It's potential. I'm not saying it's a foul, but if you're if the film is being broken down, you can see where the arm is now. Still frame, it might not mean nothing, but you do it real time, what happens? Oops, it jumped on me. Let me go back. It jumped on me. So you go real time, it's nothing. I mean, it looked like a little whoop-de-doo, but the running back was already, was already by it. But if you don't see it, and a grader or somebody says, hey, do you see that? What would you think of it? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't looking there. Um, you know, so it's being able to rule on that because that's really – the only issue at that point is that block. And it's tough. I get it. It's tough. If our umpire is looking at it, great. Hopefully, maybe our wing has, or our flank has, has moved to it. But, all right, it's cleared. Now our next block is right here, number three. Okay? So that's our next block. And if I'm doing point of attack, if I'm this flank right here, down here, then that's where I'm going. Back judge might be going there too. He now might help with alignment because it's all downfield. It's a running play. We're, it's dynamic. We're moving to the competitive matchups. What is point of attack? Now we're running in space. There's only one block, and you can see our back judge has moved to this block. You can just tell he's looking at that. You can kind of tell that our flank official is probably looking at that either are looking at that because they're, that's it. That's, what, that's all that's going on. Now, let's let it play out. We've got number three is engaged. 
And our back judge is stationary, and he's looking at that block, which is good, but we've got a goal line, and we've got a ball carrier out in space. I think if I'm this back judge, I'm going to start angling towards the goal line. And the reason is, is because this is a potential goal line play. I'm still watching this block, but this block isn't that big of a deal because the running back is clear of it. He's well clear of it. You're going to have to have something blatant, like a takedown that everybody in the world can see before you're going to go anything. So it's, you can just keep an eye on that. Five, number five, and the defender here, that's your last potential competitive matchup block. And this is a two-person game between our, between our flank official and our back judge. And, in, and I know, um, I think next week, Chris Coit's going to talk about movement, flank movements and stuff like that, because I don't want to get too much in there. I want to steal a thunder, but this guy's moving too much. I would have held, held a little bit more, because what's going to happen at the end of this play, we got a potential step out there, and you can see he's looking at it. Now, I'm not saying he stepped out, but it's potential. But what really comes into play is at the end here. Boom. Is that a touchdown or is that not? <laughs> That's a tough play. And if you're looking, I don't see a back judge. If I was a back judge, I'd want to be right here in a good position to help out because I've got goal line on this play. I would need to be able to help. I'm not in a position to help, I don't believe, at least from what I can see as a back judge. I needed to close down a little bit, set myself so I can offer some assistance right at that point because who knows what happened there now you can see I let it play out a little fast our flank official comes down and rules it a touchdown but there's some stuff going on too and I still don't see a back judge I don't see a back judge anywhere I see one official and a lot of different players I would have liked to have seen another official there personally but right at this point you can, I try, I'm trying to stop it right at the point where he crosses because that's the point, like right there. You can see, is he? Is he out? You see a pylon? Who's touching the pylon? You know what? I don't know because this is a mess. This is one of those, those uh, five-person mechanics things that we, it puts us in a bad position, but we just have to do the do the best we can and I and I don't think we can come up as much as I'd like to I'd like to say you know ask this kid in the white hoodie or maybe these hey did did, did he get in <laughs> because they've got the best view they got the best view of this um, but we don't have that option we're not we're not gonna look at their film either um, but it's important you have to make a decision but I think as if I'm the flank official I'm looking to my left right there I am looking to my left just to see. I want to see if my back judge has got anything. If they're just looking into space, I know this is all me. If my back judge is coming in hard, marking a spot, then I better not go up touchdown. And I do like his mechanics after that because he goes up touchdown later. He doesn't, he waits, he sees, he takes his time. I, the only thing critical that I would even say, like I mentioned, is right about there. I'm going to be looking to my back judge because I want to know if my back judge has anything on this one. So I'm going to bring in Mike real quick. 
Let me bring in Mike. So Mike, as a wing, and I know you work a lot of wing flank, uh, line of scrimmage, and a five person, we should be looking, at least taking a glance and saying, do you got anything? Because this is a blow up. And really we're guessing, I mean, we're kind of guessing a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. We don't have goal line responsibility primarily. Um, we can certainly help on the sideline and the back judge had better look to us um, to make sure that if he did have the goal line, you know, broken, then he needs to make sure that it wasn't a step out. So we should be making eye contact with our back judge on this play before we make any ruling at all, um, especially if we didn't have him step out. Yeah, I mean, that's what we should be doing because we don't want our back judge doing something else and we're doing something else. So I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring in Robert. Any questions on the text, Robert? Anybody um, have any other comments or something? Or do you have a comment? You know, you're back judge. You know how this works. Yeah, you know everything you said, Tim. Everyone's agreeing with. You know, there are there are some that may have a little bit more insight than we have. We we have some viewers that just claim that the back judge didn't make it to the goal line. The, the video doesn't necessarily show that. Maybe maybe they are the back judge. I don't necessarily know that. But I think we can all agree that we want the back judge to have set eyes. And you have set eyes when, when you own the goal line. That's your priority because you are there before the ball gets there. Now, most of us humans need to make sure that we are set and then our eyes are able then to go down the line. Whether that ball crossed the goal line or didn't cross the goal line is your call. That's your call. Now, you're currently, you, you obviously need to communicate with the wing. That is a certainty. But you have valuable information. And if you don't see the wing killing it and you see the wing looking to you, then you need to come together. Because depending on your uh, communication pregame, you have to understand that this is a situation where you have goal line responsibility. It's a, a pylon play. Your wing official is going to have sideline responsibility. But if you have that ball breaking the plane, then you know you have that information you're going to share. You have them in because I got the ball breaking the plane. Let's go up together. That's a beautiful thing for everyone to see. You have a joint communication. You thought it through. You knew your priorities. You got it right. If you have that ball short, though, short of the goal line, then you're coming in that field of play and you're coming in hard saying, I've got them short. No matter what happened to that sideline, because that ball and that goal line is the back judge responsibility. No, you're right. And going back to the play to the people, yeah, I, I think maybe the back judge did get there. So we're not trying to be critical. We're just trying to get better. But at this point, what I was saying is that right now, if I was this back judge, I'd be moving here instead of watching a block that doesn't really need, really doesn't mean anything, because I would want to get in a position to where I could close it down and then potentially have a better look at it, be set exactly like everything you said, Robert. But it looks like he's just kind of out there. Now, it does look like he, he, he is at the goal line. We kind of lose him in the frame. But I think we'd rather see him kind of in this area and that looking kind of how he is now, being ready to do everything you just said, Robert. And I think that's really the, the issue on it. We're not... We're just talking about mechanics and, and what the best position to be in to make a ruling on a play like this. So hopefully, hopefully we got that cleared up. 
Hey, Tim. Um, yeah, I'm going to bring in Mark. Gonna get right back to Mark. Here you go. Mark. You know, I just I loved everything Robert said. That is exactly what I would want to see in that kind of play. The thing that bothers me the most about the back judge is it's obvious where that play is going, and he's standing still. He should be hauling ass towards that, uh, you know, towards that sideline. And he doesn't want. He, you do want to stop. He's he can tell if the ball is inside the pylon or not. He he has vision, you know, to the arm. I just don't understand what his motivation for standing there is. Is he's not doing any good, and uh, I I just don't like it. I really don't. But what Robert said about getting together, that is absolutely dead nuts. Perfect. Well, and and that's yeah, that's absolutely correct. And that's the issue is that from. I don't care if this is a touchdown or not. You can't tell from the film. It's a blow up at the, at the pylon, but mechanically, the back judge has primary on the goal line. I guess he has the flank and help. You know they do, but they have primary. And if I'm a flank official, if I'm a wing official, I'm coming down. I'm looking, and we talked about this with Mike because I don't know. I I can't say I know because I'm not on the goal line. I might know sideline, but. I better get together at some point, and a lot of times I might even I might even go down there to signal touchdown. I'll just I'll point at my back judge and let him go with it because he's got. I, if I see everything inbounds, you got the goal line. You go touchdown. I'll go clean up because I don't need to look pretty. I don't know about you guys, but I don't necessarily. I mean, you look pretty enough sometimes. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's go to. Uh, well, I think we got time for one more. I'm gonna try to find a really good one here to. To end this one, um, let me find it here. All right, this is a good one. This will get Bill involved. This is a good one to end on. All right, I'm going to go wide on this. All right, let's walk through how we always do. We can see that it's second down, and it looks like a lot. Uh, we don't really have the chains, but I see an auxiliary chain down there, so. We know it's a long way to go. So based off of this formation and based off of it being second and a lot, our football IQ should be telling us that we're most likely going to have a pass on this one. And you look at the formation, you've got trips to the top, you've got a, a receiver to the bottom, you've got a second and a long football IQ. Pass, 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 but don't forget about the run. I'm thinking pass, but I'm not forgetting about the run. That's how we... We should be probably starting out this way. So if I'm the flank here, the L at the bottom, this is a competitive matchup. This is important. I'm going to be looking at this to start off the play because we got press. He's right up there. If I'm the umpire, and it looks like the umpire's in a more of an advantageous position based off your guys' mechanics, OCFOA, I know I'm probably going there because I'm not getting help here. I'm peeking at that. I want to know. I want to know that I'm not going to get help because he's going to be concentrating at the snap. I might get help later, but initially I'm not going to get any help. Same thing with the referee. I've got three receivers here. They're going to go on the pattern. So I might not get help with the right tackle. I could because they're not being pressed, but I know that I'm going to be primary on that. And I'm going to recognize that I've got a, a defensive end here that's going to initially at the snap be an issue. Okay, so that's, that's going to be where my first competitive engagement is going to be. I, I, I'm knowing this as a, as a referee. As a H up here at the top, 
I know that I got trips and my key and priority at the snap doesn't really matter because I got a lot of air. So I might be able to help out with the tap, tackle, but I also have, I could have four receivers to this side because I could have a back as well. So I'm thinking all this stuff. I'm thinking maybe all three of these receivers are going to go, this is all pre-play. All these receivers are going to go run out and maybe this guy is going to come this way. Trust me, that happens a lot, RPO. So these are things that I'm thinking about. If I'm the back judge, I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, well, um, I, I'm, I'm supposed to be over here because I got trips, but maybe I'll peek over here. Maybe I'll just peek just with my peripheral. I'm way back there. Maybe just to see, help out my buddy because I got nothing else to do at the moment. I'm going to officiate. I'm going to help out. All right, so here we go. I'm going to let the play play out here. All right, so we got four receivers into the pattern. We've got a potential issue here. We still have this issue here, okay? This doesn't seem to be anything. So we know if I'm, if I'm a back judge on this one, I'm going probably here because I know my flank is probably here. But to Robert's point earlier, I'm also kind of using my peripheral to see where that quarterback is looking because quarterbacks in high school will tell you exactly where they're throwing. So I'm, I'm using that to my advantage too. But I also know that hopefully my umpire might be helping here because this is, this is a matchup. This is something. I don't know. It looks like the umpire's kind of on the inside. And this is one of those where, okay, maybe – it's really advanced. You're going to be like, are you, are you kidding me, Tim? But what I think should happen personally is that the umpire should go here. Hopefully our referee can then kind of peek inside and our flank can go here to cover all the blocks. Is that going to happen? No. Are we going to be able to do that at a high level? No. But it's, it'd be a perfect scenario because then you'd have everything covered because we know this is nothing right now. We know our back judge has this and we know our, our line judge has this. We got everything covered. Let's go home. We're done. No, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Um, but it's, it's, that's how you can work through your progressions when you're looking through film, how I'm going to progress from one to the other. So letting it play out even more. So now we got to throw up here go into this combination. Now, our back judge, because one of the things we do is called key zone ball. All right, key zone ball. We talked about keys, you know, they're, they're dynamic. We're going with what, what can we officiate. Then when the ball snaps, we're going to a zone. But once the ball's in the air, we have to go to the ball. We have to go to the matchup to the ball. And in this case, it's going to be our back judge and our L. This is, they're going to be the primaries on if we have anything here. So we got a little bit of contact and our back judge throws his flag. So I want to go back and run it through and we'll talk about the contact. We kind of talked about where everybody was looking. So both the, the L and the B go to, this, go to this contact. One more time, the L and the B are going to the contact. And our B has a flag. Now, the team on defense is near side, and I want you to look at our, our line judge. He comes in, and he wants to talk to the back judge. All right, I'm going to stop it right there. So 
Mark, I'm going to bring you in here real quick. Mark, if you are the line judge, you're the flank, and you're going like that, tell me, I'm the back judge, okay? I just threw this flag, and you're coming to me to talk. What are you saying to me exactly? Like, what are you going to say to me? The first question I'm going to ask him is what he saw. Okay. And, you know, and if that conflicts with what I saw, or if I have a better angle, I'll say something to the effect of, you know, what I saw was this, and I don't think that raise, rises to the level of a foul. If And I don't think that is past interference by any means. So anyway, you know, it's his flag. If he wants to sit on it and, and you know, live with it, that's fine. But I'm going to give him as much information as I can to inform him of what I saw. I've got a much better angle than he does on that play. So, uh, you know, live and, live and die with your calls, right? Right. Okay, so that, that's what you're going to do. Mike, I'm going to bring you in here. Same thing. I'm the back judge. You're the, you're the wing. You're the, you're the L. What are you saying to me? Um, I'm going to give you my, from my angle, if, you know, if I had the uh, receiver basically falling down on his own, which it kind of looks like, uh, from my point of view, I'm just going to come in and say what I saw from my angle. Um, you know, because you know what, I don't want to tell him that he's wrong. I'm just going to, I'm just going to give him information and he can take it or leave it because he had the flag. He's primarily responsible. And, um, you know, I'm not going to force myself into pulling him off of it. So if I'm that wing official, flank official, and, and I have something, I'm going with definitive knowledge. I'm not going in with, personally, I'm not going in with questions. I'm going in with, so I'll use Robert. Robert was my back judge for so long, but I'll, I'm going to go, not that Robert would make a call like this, but I go to Robert. I go, Robert, this is what I saw. He did, there was no advantage. There, there wasn't a grab and restrict. What category? I might say, what category did you have? I might get there, but I'm telling him initially, I don't have a category for defensive pass interference. Nothing rose to that level. And that's the information I'm giving. Because kind of like to what, what, what Mark was saying, and like Mike said, I don't, I don't necessarily question. I'm not questioning like your flag, you threw it. You must have seen something to throw the flag. But I'm going with what I have. This is what I have, and I'm only going if I'm 100% absolute, I would put my career on the line that I'm telling you that that was not a foul. That's not DPI. We need to pick this up. And I'll take the heat because I'm that confident that this was not a foul. And I think that's an important point is that you – you don't get to buy yourself in there unless you are 100% sure with what you have. This isn't the, like, like on that play we had earlier, well, 50, 50, 50. No. If you don't have that definitive knowledge, you don't, you're not 100% sure, and just stay out of it. That's my opinion on that. So going, I'm going to let this play out even more because more happens. So now they are having their conversation, and here comes the referee. Referee's coming over, and we've got coaches and stuff, and we've got umpire who's going to try to help out and play traffic cop. He's keeping guys away. 
So we're having this discussion. I will say right now, I don't think the this is between two and the third person is the referee is just kind of like the let's we're gonna gotta figure out what's going on. I don't think our umpire needs to be there. I think our umpire should probably be doing some other things at this particular point. He should probably be trying to keep the coaches from they seem to be okay. They're kind of getting back, but but continuing to keep the players away. The other thing that I want to point out that we we probably don't see here is that you've got a, a player, a defensive player right there. And you've got a bunch of players right here. And where's our H? I think our H should probably have a presence here just to keep anything. Not that anything bad's going to happen, but if we're there, you know, then at that point, we're going to be able to help out. And we don't want to be part of the conversation, but we do want to continue to officiate, especially when you got players on different sides. So rolling through this, I want you to focus back in on the referee and the two officials having the discussion. And I'm going to bring Bill in. You can see this is kind of prolonged. And the, they're kind of given a summation of what each of them have. And it's kind of taken a few minutes, and the referee is listening. And it's like they're almost like they're making their case to the referee. So I'm going to bring Bill in. Bill, we've talked about this before, about chinks in the armor and stuff like this. As a referee, what is your role in this conversation? How, what are you doing? Well, my role is, is to hear the, I want to hear from the official that had the flag. And I, and again, I'm listening for how he describes things. He's, is he putting it in a category? Is he emphatic about something? Uh, or does he have that chink in the armor? And I always stress to the guys on the crew, if you got a chink in the armor, put it on a table. That's not a weakness. Okay. If you're saying, I thought it could be, maybe those are chinks in the armor. If the other person is willing to take responsibility and they don't have a chink in the armor, you know, you need to pay attention and, and cause they're willing to take responsibility on this flag pickup. Um, so hopefully the person who had the flag will give in on it and, and, and that, and the other part is, is that most of the time the two guys resolve it before I ever get there. But if I have to get there, then they're going to basically, I'm going to hear their case. First, the official who threw the flag, then the official who thinks it should be picked up. Um, and then, um, then based on that, you know, I'll put an opinion out there. Hey, uh, he's won't take responsibility. So I, we ought to pick this one up. Or if the official who threw the flag has been solid, then we're staying with the flag. I, because I, I have no knowledge whether the call is correct or not from where I'm at. So that that's how I'll resolve the situation. Well, and that's for our referees out there, so they know how to handle a situation like this. So, yeah, but you know, you, we'll go over that with the crew before the season starts on how you'll you'll handle uh, conflict resolution. Oh, that's a good point. You want to know that before it actually happens. So. Yeah. Um, Anyway, there's. Let me bring up bring in Robert real quick because I'm sure there's some people who probably have some stuff they want to say in this, Robert, or maybe you do, Robert. Robert, we're gonna finish this play up with you, and then I'm gonna bring Mark in to kind of summarize some of the stuff that we talked. Make sure that all his people are getting the message, the right message. So, uh, Robert, what do you got? You got anything? Any questions, comments? What do you got? Yeah, there there are a lot of comments from viewers, so I'm just gonna kind of bucket a few of them. 
but thank you, viewers, for participating in this. This is a good play, Tim, um, because a lot of viewers are wondering, do I go in with information, uh, even though it may be different than a crewmate? The, the short answer is yes. Yes, you you share your judgment, especially when you have a confident look on the play, right? So that that's one main takeaway. Um, and another one is uh, overall, Tim. You 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 made a nice and well received point about putting your file in a in a category in a bucket uh, to to communicate merit, right? Because that's very important in our vocabulary. Um, but it's it's also very important as a crew overall now in with this is we want to get the calls right that, that that's the main thing right so you have to have a crew chemistry or culture which is receptive to a crewmates sharing information with you now i would love tim for you to come to me and say robert that that's not going to show up on film and it, I, my angle did not warrant a foul um, do you love your flag? You, you, you're putting it back in my uh, vest, and I'm going to respect my crewmate's information. It says, thank you, Tim. I'm going to pick this one up. And then if a coach requ requires a, an explanation sometime during a timeout, I will share that with them. But the bottom line is, as a crew, in summation, we want to get it right. So, yes, viewers, get together, communicate what you have, and, and, and have a culture that warrants that. Right, and be 100%. We're not going in there guessing. No. <laughs> exactly. No. All right. Well, I'm going to bring in Mark just to kind of sum up the evening here for the OCFOA guys and uh, make sure we didn't say anything that maybe Mark disagreed with or doesn't want his guys doing. Hey, I'm going to be one of you guys this year. I'm working maybe seven games, so I don't know. Yeah, so, lucky us. <laughs> you know, we're, so Mark, we love having you, Tim. Here before we call tonight. No, I, I, I don't. Um, I loved a lot of the comments. What Robert just said, you know, trust, having a crew that trusts each other is so important. And I had a comment from one of my guys saying, you know, you, you, they're talking too much. And he has a point. You don't want to stand there and look like you don't know what you're doing. But at the end of the day, getting it right is the most important thing. And you don't want to rush a call like this. So, uh, you know, it's always it's it's so tough to do. Uh, what am I trying to say? It's it's hard to you know not appear like you don't know what you're doing versus uh, you know actually getting it right. And so you know having the right language knowing the categories of dpi you know and 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 discussing them and you know if uh if you trust each other generally it's going to be a, a five to ten second discussion but every, everything else yeah. i mean tonight's been great i'm mean, getting tons of really good feedback on my personal messaging they really enjoyed this tim um good job well I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me do it. I mean, this is this has been a lot of fun. I love doing this. This is we do it all the time here. By the way, it's it's <laughs> it's a, we call it the masterclass approach. You know, it's like taking it to the next level. But Mark, thank you so much. Maybe we'll get to work a game together this year. We'll have to see. But uh, I'll see great. you down the road. 
I appreciate uh, you being here. Thank you so much. All right, Bill, I'm gonna, you, you made it. No tornadoes. Thank you so much for being here tonight, Bill. Appreciate it. No, it was fun to do and uh, good interaction on things. All right. You know, problem solving is uh, part of our game. Part of our game. Mr. Mike Billica, thank you for being here. And you didn't have any tornadoes, so you're good. No, safe. Uh, certainly memories from my childhood, but no, um, it was a great night. Excellent place. Good job breaking it down, Tim. Yeah, Bolingbrook. That's like Tornado Alley. <laughs> Anyways, and finally, from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, on the road, but still taking some time. Robert, so much. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Yeah, that's the benefit of MIBT, Tim, is uh, no matter where you are, as long as you have a connectivity, you can join in and learn. And thank you. I learned a lot from the viewers and from you and from Bill and from everyone on the, on the panel. So thank you very much. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're back for our clinic. Don't forget, August 6th, NESO, we're going to have Big Ten officials, Big 12 officials. But we're all going to talk high school. It's high school. It's real important. We're going to talk high school football. Certified Clinic in Illinois. We're hoping to get some more credit from some other states and stuff. So it's really a good clinic. Be sure to join us. Our live meetings start the first week of the first, right after that. I think it's uh, August 9th. It's our first live streaming meeting. We'll do them weekly on Wednesday nights right here, 7.30 p.m., 5.30 p.m. Central. We ran a little bit long tonight, hour and a half, because we had the OCFOA guys. So I try to keep you guys to an hour. So if you hung out with us, thank you so much. We will catch you at the clinic August 6th at 12 p.m. Central, uh, 10, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Have a great night. Enjoy the rest of your summer. And so long, everyone.